Chapter Seventeen of Tom and Some Other Girls by Mrs. George G. Horn Vasey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Failed. First class, second class, and still no sign of the familiar number. Third class, it was not there. Rhoda gave a little gulp and began again from the very beginning. She had been too quick too eager it was so easy to miss a number one by one she conned them over but it was not there the long pass list lay below and she looked at it with dreary indifference to scramble through with the rabble was a sorry attainment or it seemed so for one moment but at the next it became suddenly a wild impossible dream for the number was not there no fear of overlooking this time for the figures stood out as if printed in fire and burned themselves into her brain the number was not in the first class nor the second nor the third it was not in the pass list it was not mentioned at all if she had ever permitted herself to anticipate such a situation which she had not rhoda would have pictured herself flying into a paroxysm of despair but in reality she felt icy cold and it was in a tone almost of indifference that she announced i am plucked i have not passed at all never mind dear you did your best and the work matters more than the result very uncertain tests these examinations i never cared about them said her father kindly and mrs chester smiled in her usual placid fashion and murmured oh i expect it's a mistake it's so easy to make a mistake in printing figures you'll find it's all right darling later on have some jam they were absolutely placid absolutely calm absolutely unconscious of the storm of emotion raging beneath that quiet exterior but harold glanced at his sister with the handsome eyes which looked so sleepy but which were in reality so remarkably wide awake and said slowly i think rhoda has finished mother you don't want any jam do you ro come into the garden with me instead i want a stroll he walked out through the french window and rhoda followed with much the same feeling of relief as that with which a captive escapes from the prison which seems to be on the point of suffocating him mentally and physically brother and sister paced in silence down the path leading to the rose garden harold was full of sympathy but manlike found it difficult to put his thoughts into words and rhoda after all was the first to speak she stopped suddenly in the middle of the path and confronted him with shining eyes her voice sounded strange in her own ears harold i have failed i am plucked i have not passed at all not even a common pass no i'm uncommonly sorry but but do you realize it do you understand what it means i think i do but i don't if i did i should not be here talking quietly to you i should go mad 
i should want to kill myself i should be desperate don't be silly now Row. it's a big disappointment and i'm sorry for you but it's not a bit of use working yourself into hysterics face the thing quietly and see all that it means it means a good deal harold more than you can understand i think i'd rather be alone please you're very kind but i can't stand consolation just yet i'll sit in the arbour just as you please i don't want to force myself but i'd like to help you old girl is there nothing else i can do yes keep mother away don't let her come near me until lunch i am best left alone and she doesn't understand no one understands except those who have been at school and and know how how hard the girl's voice trembled and broke off suddenly and she walked away in the direction of the summer-house while harold thrust his hands into his pockets and kicked the pebbles on the gravel path he was very fond of his impetuous young sister and the quivering sob which had strangled her last word echoed painfully in his ears he realized as neither father nor mother could do what such a failure meant to a proud ambitious girl and how far-reaching would be its consequences it was not to-day nor to-morrow that would exhaust this trouble the bitterest part was yet to come when she returned to school and received the condolences of her more successful companions when she sat apart and saw them receive their reward harold longed to be able to help but there was nothing to do but persuade his parents to leave the girl alone and to return at intervals to satisfy himself that she was still in her retreat and not attempting to drown her sorrows in the lake three times over he paced the path and saw the white-robed figure sitting immovable with elbows planted on the table and falling locks hiding the face from view so still she sat that he retired silently hoping that she had fallen asleep but on the fourth visit he was no longer alone but accompanied by a graceful girlish figure and they did not halt until they stood on the very threshold of the arbour itself rhoda he cried then look up i have brought someone to you someone you will be glad to see the flaxen mane was tossed back and a flushed face raised in protest i don't began rhoda and then suddenly sprang to her feet and stretched out her arms oh evie evie you've come oh i wanted you i wanted you so badly miss everett stepped forward and drew the girl to her side and harold waited just long enough to see the fair head and the dark nestle together then took himself off to the house satisfied that comfort had come at last i have failed evie cried rhoda clasping her friend's hands and staring at her with the same expression of incredulous horror with which she had confronted her brother a couple of hours earlier yes darling i know and what are you going to say to me then nothing i think for the moment but that i love you dearly and felt that i must come to be with you aren't you surprised to see me rhoda no i don't think so i don't feel anything i wanted you and then there you were it seemed quite natural but it was rather peculiar all the same i've been staying with tom and we were both asked down to d for a four days visit that is only half an hour's rail from here as you know so this morning when i saw the list in the paper i thought at once 
i must see rhoda i will go down and chance finding her at home yes so i came and i'm so glad to be with you dear i have seen your mother and have promised to stay for lunch i need not go back until four o'clock oh that's nice i'd like to have you evie i believe it was the arithmetic i was so ill i could hardly think you might as well know all now it was my own doing i had been working every morning before getting up and that day i began at four i tired myself out before the gong rang i guessed as much dorothy told me that she heard someone turning over leaves why don't you say i told you so then and tell me it's my own fault i don't know perhaps because i do so many foolish things myself perhaps because i haven't the heart to scold you just now you poor dear rhoda's face quivered but she pressed her lips together and said with a gulp i suppose it's a childish trouble i suppose when i'm old and sensible i shall look back on to-day and laugh to think how i worried myself over such an unimportant trial i'm sure you will do nothing of the kind you will be very very sorry for yourself and very pitiful and very proud too if you can remember that you bore it bravely and uncomplainingly but i can't i can't bear it at all it gets worse every moment i keep remembering things that i had forgotten miss bruce preaching and miss mott staring through her spectacles the girls all saying they're sorry and the record wall where i wanted to see my name i can't bear it it's no use but you will have to bear it rhoda it is a fact and nothing that you can do will alter it now you will have to bear it but you can bear it in two ways as you make up your mind to-day you can cry and fret and make yourself ill and everyone else miserable or you can brace yourself up to bear it bravely and make everyone love and admire you more than they have ever done before which are you going to do i'm going to be cross and horrid i couldn't be good if i tried i'm soured for life said rhoda stoutly but even as she spoke a smile struggled with her tears and evie laughed aloud her sweet ringing laugh <laughs> poor dear old thing she looks so like it i know better and am not a bit afraid of you you will be good and plucky and rejoice unaffectedly in kathleen's success has kathleen oh is kathleen first she has won the scholarship yes it will be such a joy she needed it so badly and has worked so hard i hate her she was always kind to you i remember the very first day she took you round the grounds you were very good friends i hate her i tell you i detest her name i'm sure you will write and congratulate her imagine if your parents were poor and you saw them harassed and anxious how thankful you would feel to be able to help kathleen had a harder time than any of you for she could take none of the nice interesting extras i think all her friends will be glad that she is one i shall be glad too in about ten years if i said i was glad now i should be a hypocrite for i wanted it myself 
i suppose irene is all right and bertha and all the head girls has has dorothy yes dorothy has passed too rhoda cried aloud in bitter distress oh evie oh dorothy passed and i have failed oh it is cruel unjust i am cleverer than she you can't deny it i worked harder i was before her always in every class in every exam oh it's mean it's mean that they should have put her before me the tears streamed down her face for this was perhaps the bitterest moment she had known to be beaten by kathleen and irene was bearable but dorothy easy-going mediocre dorothy who had so little ambition that she could laugh at her own shortcomings and contentedly call herself a tortoise well the tortoise had come off victor once more and the poor beaten hare sat quivering with mortified grief miss everett looked at her with perplexed anxious eyes you will probably find when the full report comes out that you have done better in most respects but that it is the preliminaries which have caused your failure but rhoda rhoda how would it help you to know that another poor girl had failed and was as miserable as yourself would you be glad to hear that dorothy was sitting crying at home and kathleen bearing her parents grief as well as her own you could not possibly be so selfish i know you too well you were far too kind and generous i'm a pig said rhoda contritely and the tears trickled dismally off the end of her nose and splashed onto the wooden table i should like to be a saint and resigned and rejoice in the good fortunes of my companions like the girls in books but i can't i just feel sore and mad and aching and as if they were all in conspiracy against me to make my failure more bitter you'd better give it up evie and leave me to fight it out alone i'll come to my senses in time and write pretty gushing letters to say how charmed i am and make funny little jokes at the end about my own collapse this is monday perhaps by wednesday or thursday i expect it will be tuesday and not an hour later you are letting off such an amount of steam that you will calm down more quickly than you think and now hadn't we better go indoors and bathe those poor red eyes before lunch your mother will think i've been scolding you and i don't want to be looked upon as a dragon when i'm out of harness and posing as an innocent unprofessional visitor come dear and we'll talk no more of the horrid old exam but try to forget it and enjoy ourselves rhoda's sigh was sepulchral in its intensity for of course happiness must henceforth be a thing of the past so far as she was concerned but as she did not appreciate the idea of appearing at lunch with a tear-stained face she followed meekly to the house and entering by a side door led the way upstairs to her own luxurious bedroom half an hour of chastened enjoyment followed as she sat sponging her eyes while evie strolled round the room examining with admiration at the sight of each fresh treasure and showing the keenest interest in the jugs and their histories she admired rhoda's possessions and rhoda admired her watching the graceful figure reflected in the mirrors the pretty dress so simple yet so becoming 
the dark hair waving so softly round the winsome face evie was certainly one of the prettiest of creatures and rhoda felt a sort of reflected glory in taking her downstairs and exhibiting her to her family if the tear marks had not altogether disappeared no one appeared to notice them and despite her own silence lunch was a cheery meal evie chattered away in her gayest manner mrs chester agreed with every word she said and called her dear as if she were a friend of years standing mr chester beamed upon her with undisguised fatherly admiration and harold looked more animated than rhoda had seen him for many a long day the brisk bright way in which evie took up his drawling sentences and put him right when he was mistaken in a statement would have made him withdraw into his shell if attempted by a member of the household but he did not seem in the least annoyed by evie he only smiled to himself in amused fashion and watched her narrowly out of the corners of his eyes when dessert was put upon the table mrs chester looked wistfully at rhoda's white face lighted into a feeble smile by one of her friend's sallies and was seized with a longing to keep this comforter at hand i suppose you must go back to d this afternoon dear she said but couldn't we persuade you to come back and pay us a visit before you leave this part of the world it would be a great pleasure to rhoda and to us all and any time would suit us just fix your own day and oh evie do cried rhoda eagerly and both the men joined in with murmurs of entreaty but miss everett shook her head and said regretfully i'm so sorry but it's impossible i have already been away longer than i intended and cannot spend another day away from home my mother is busier than usual for a sister who used to teach has had a bad illness and is staying with us for six months to rest and be nursed up it would not be fair to stay away any longer i should think you might be allowed to rest in your holidays you work hard enough for the rest of the year and i need you more than the old aunt i'm sure i do you must come if only for a week i wish i could rhoda but it is not possible i'll tell you however who i believe could come and who would do you more good than i and that is tom bolderston she's in no hurry to return home and as it is decided that she is not to come back to hurst manor but go straight on to newnham it will be your last opportunity of seeing her for some time you would enjoy having tom wouldn't you rhoda rhoda lifted her eyebrows with a comical expression tom here tom in early chase tom sitting opposite to harold and blinking at him with her little fish eyes the thought was so comical that she laughed in spite of herself i should think i should it would be very funny if i may ask her mother of course of course darling ask whom you will for as long as you like cried the fond mother instantly from what she had heard of tom she had come to the conclusion that she was a very strange and not entirely sane young woman but rhoda wished it rhoda had laughed at the suggestion and said it would be funny and that settled the question a letter of invitation was duly written and given unto miss everett's hand when the time came for departure and brother and sister escorted her to the station rhoda was insistent in her regrets at parting and 
wonderful to relate harold condescended to make still another plea if it were impossible to arrange a visit could not miss everett spare a few hours at least come down by an early train and spend a day on the river with himself and his sister he urged the project so warmly that evie flushed with mingled pleasure and embarrassment don't tempt me i should love it but we are here only for four days and i've been away for one already it would not be courteous she is so horribly conscientious that's the worst of her said rhoda as she and harold retraced their steps across the park she's always thinking about other people a day on the river would have been lovely yes it's a pity i thought we would ask ella and take up lunch and tea yes of course a very good idea then we should have been four and i could have had evie to myself yes drawled harold slowly two minutes later rhoda happened to look at his face and wondered why in the world he was smiling to himself in that funny amused fashion End of chapter seventeen